We'll take our text from Genesis chapter 5. Genesis 5, reading verses 18 through 24. And Jared lived an hundred sixty and two years and begat Enoch. And Jared lived after he begat Enoch eight hundred years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Jared were nine hundred sixty and two years and he died. And Enoch lived sixty and five years and begat Methuselah. And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah three hundred years and he begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Enoch were 360 and five years. And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Chapter 5 in Genesis stands in contrast to chapter 4. Chapter 4 opens with the birth of Cain and Abel. But when Cain was born, Eve said, I've gotten a man from the Lord. And there's evidence that she thought he was to be the promised seed that would bruise the head of the serpent. But that was not to be. Quite the contrary. As we go through the chapter, we see that, well, Cain was a murderer, but he was also responsible for the fact that some of his descendants were as well. And we see the first adultery from his descendants. That said, they were very talented. They were skilled musicians and inventors, master craftsmen in brass and iron. So they were not without creativity, but they were without God. His descendants were godless. There's no mention of prayer of any regard for the Creator. So that is what we read most of chapter 4. At the end of the chapter, we do read of, of the birth of Seth. And when he was born, instead of Abel, God gave Adam and Eve Seth. He begat a son, named Enos, and something happened there that caused men to call upon the name of the Lord. So through Seth came the godly line. His descendants were a godly people. His people prayed. So Enoch was seventh from Adam, the Bible declares. He was in a line of God-fearing people. He had a heritage. He, he learned to pray. And, and the desire to honor God passed from generation to generation to generation down to Enoch. You know, that's a beautiful thing to have a heritage like that. My wife has a heritage like that. It goes back to her great-grandparents and before that. Mine, not so much. But uh, it's never too late to get started, as far as that goes. I, I, I knew Debbie's grandparents, grandmothers, grandfathers. I never met my grandmothers. They died before, well before I was born. Uh, 
When my dad was quite young, his his mother died. And when my mother was still in her teens, her, her mother died. So I didn't know my grandmothers. I knew my two grandfathers. One was a very godless man. And uh, I think my dad was named after the father of evolution. And we could say the father of racism, actually. Evolution needs to be canceled on that uh, merit. But uh, we were afraid of him. We didn't call him Grandpa. We, uh, yeah, he was not a guy you wanted to be around. My, my mother's father... Uh, was different. We we called him Pops. That's what his uh, children called him. And he was a nice enough guy, but an alcoholic. So I tease my children that they've come from good stock. But uh, that would be on their mother's side. But Enoch, not not uh, his people were more like Debbie's people. Uh, they were God fearing. And he was a beneficiary of that God-fearing heritage. You know, children benefit by that. They sure do. My wife did. Our children have. Our grandchildren have. That's a beautiful thing. The fact that you don't have a Christian heritage does certainly not preclude you from being saved. And I guess I'm evidence of that. But I, I, it is something to be valued. It is something to, to treasure. But for all of his advantages, Enoch, Enoch faced the same uh, limitation that confronts each of us at birth. We read in the beginning of chapter 5 how uh, the writer, who seemed to be Moses, reminded us that God created Adam in his own image, in God's image. But of course, after the fall, a sin entered the world, and uh, we uh, see that Adam lived in 130 years and begat a son in his own likeness, after his image, and that uh, child was named Seth. So whereas Adam was created in God's image, uh, Seth was born in the image of his fallen, fallen father. So we we see that we inherit our appearance and our personality traits from our biological appearance, but not so with our moral nature. We inherit what has been passed down from Adam, and that is that carnality with which Adam was consumed after the bad decisions in the garden. Reason tells us that if two sanctified parents had a child, the child would be sanctified at birth. But that's not the case. We know that. We, whereas Adam was created in, a, in true holiness and in righteousness and had a, a bias within to do good, he still had the capacity to choose evil and did so. As a result, we, from his children on, were not born with that inward bias uh, to do good, even if uh, we have the capacity to do good. But sooner or later in life, usually sooner, 
that inward condition of sin uh, takes a hold. And when we uh, have the opportunity to choose between good and evil, everyone at some point chooses disobedience. Even as children, they may not uh, comprehend it, but we, we've all lived it. We know. We had a choice. And we could not overcome that inner bias. Oh, wretched man that I am, said Paul as an adult. But he found that God could give the victory, and he still can today. So we inherit certain traits from our uh, parents, but as good as our parents are, we inherit our moral condition from Adam and from Eve. Enoch, well, he made decisions. And we can only leave it to our imagination to know how, how he was brought up in this God-fearing home. If you were reared in a God-fearing home, how were you brought up? You were brought up, taught to pray. I picture Enoch praying with his parents as a toddler and as, as a child and loving it as his dad and his mother put their arms around him and at bedtime said, Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray my soul, my Lord, to keep. Or something on that fashion. Probably more likely, thank you, Jesus. Well, this was pre-Jesus. But thank you, God, for giving me a good day. Or if it was a bad day, thank you, God, for being with me through this day. And I pray you'll give me a good sleep tonight, as they repeated uh, for the child. And that's the way Enoch was brought up. He had a heritage. But the day came. And who knows when it was. Was it when he was 12, 15, 25, uh, 35? I I don't know, but uh, there was a moment in time where his upbringing notwithstanding, he was uh, confronted with, uh, with a choice. And he could either continue on that path that his parents uh, brought him up uh, in, or he could look around and say, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go a different way. And he went a different way. How heartbreaking that must have been to his parents. All the advantages that any child could have. But he chose to go a different way. It's not like he didn't have examples around him. He had, he probably had siblings. We don't read about them. He had aunts. He had uncles. He had parents, grandparents, great-grandparents. And they lived a long time back there. So great-great-great-great-great-great-grandparents. And they live for God. So as he, as he went a, a different way, it came to pass that he got married. His, his wife could have influenced him. We, we, our wives influence us. We husbands influence our wives. We either encourage or discourage one another. We either uh, inspire in the faith or we detract from the faith. We, it's not neutral. So we don't, we don't know about Enoch's wife. 
But we do read that after they married and then they had a baby. And they named him Methuselah. You know about Methuselah. But this isn't about Methuselah. This is about Enoch. But those parents looked at that child. They held that baby. They looked into that that little boy's uh, eyes. And they must have said, You know, I want Methuselah to be brought up like I was brought up. I want to be able to kneel with him at his bedside and pray with him just like mom and dad prayed with me when I was his age. We don't know the circumstances surrounding it, but at that point, after that baby's birth, Enoch prayed through. Enoch got saved. He looked at his, his lineage, and he looked across the way at Cain's lineage, and he concluded, I can see the difference. I see adultery. I see murder. I see broken lives. I see, uh, if it existed then, and it probably did, drug abuse. Problems multiply. But on, on my side, oh, it's true, some of, some of my people have gone a, a different way. But for the, for the most part, I, I see a contrast. And I want uh, to serve God, and I feel a responsibility uh, more than to myself. I feel a responsibility to my wife, to my children, and to my descendants for ages to come. It makes a difference. It really does, just as there were uh, consequences to the descendants of Cain for his rebellion and disobedience. There are consequences to our descendants when we are obedient and compliant. Enoch chose that way. He, his walk had a... Uh, he walked with God, and he was not for God took him. His walk had a starting point. We all, we all have a starting point when it comes to serving God. Some young, some older. But we, it takes a start. If you're going to run a race, you have to start somewhere. But the start isn't the finish. You've got to finish it. We heard about that the other night. We can't have an un- uncertain, you know, am I, am I saved or am I not saved? Or, you know, what, what, I was born in a good home. I've, I tried to be good and or not, whatever. It, it, it can't be uncertain. You've got to know it. Enoch knew it. For him, it was age 65, which was young in those days. We can have a starting point. I've heard it said, if you, if you get it, it's talking about salvation, and, and don't know it, you might lose it. If you get it and don't know where you got it, you might lose it and not know where you lost it. I've heard it said, but it was said better than I just said it. But you get the idea. You've you got to know when you got it, and then you got to keep it. So you had a testimony. You know, if, if, if we... Where to say, hey Enoch, come on up tonight. It's your turn. Uh, he he would he would tell it better than I would tell it because it's his, not mine. But he he would describe how he was brought up and then how his baby was born and uh, and then he prayed through, but with more details. 
That was his start. So he testified of God, but not only did he testify of God, God testified of him. We, we heard, read before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Well, that, that was, it, it would be probably not in character to, to stand up and say, you know, my testimony is that I please God. It's more that, that God's testimony of him was that, you know, Enoch pleases me. You please God if you, if you go God's way. So he first chose to embrace the faith, but next he continually, over a period of decades, centuries, repeatedly uh, confirmed or affirmed that choice that he, he was going to serve God and put God first. He, he looks to be a man who was consistent, rather than erratic, and who was, was focused, rather than distracted, it takes that. We must keep our eyes on the goal. We must keep our eyes on the Lord. So we walked with God. It was a walk of faith rather than by sight. Faith does not mean freedom from adversity. It means confidence in God during adversity. It's a walk of faith. If it's a walk of sight, when everything is pleasing and pleasant, why, you're just as secure in the Lord as could be. But when things are upside down and chaotic, then you're destabilized. But if, if it's a walk of faith, your, your, your faith doesn't waver. Your confidence in God remains uh, steadfast. And that, that's the man we see in Enoch. He distinguished himself before God and before his fellow man, even if his fellow man uh, in, at some level did not appreciate it. Uh, they all knew that Enoch was a God-fearing man. It was a walk of hope. We know that because he was uh, a prophet, or he prophesied. Jude tells us, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints. He, he could see down the line. And he could see around him uh, in a world that preceded the flood that was full of wickedness ungodliness which would demand destruction on the part of, of God so he could save the human race through one of the descendants of Enoch, Noah. But he had hope in this world of wickedness. He had hope. He knew there was a better day coming. He knew that the day would come when uh, lawlessness and unrighteousness uh, would be judged. And when righteousness would be rewarded. We, we walk in hope. That day is still coming. When the, the saints of God are going to be translated and Enoch's experience foreshadows the rapture of the church. We see that he had a walk that escaped the curse of death. 
By faith he was translated that he should not see death and was not found. That suggests that people looked for him. Where, what happened? Where's Enoch? Well, they, they knew where he was, but they looked. We don't know the circumstances of that either. They looked for Elijah some uh, centuries later, even though he was taken up uh, in a whirlwind to heaven. They assumed in Elijah's day that God must have taken him up and then thrown him back down somewhere and they would find him. No. He was translated as well. But Enoch, uh, he was not found for God took him. What happens at the rapture when the saints of God are in a moment of, a, of time, in a twinkling of an eye, uh, lifted out of this world? Will, will people look for us? Though they know what has happened, they won't see it happen. They'll see the evidence that it has happened. Enoch did not die as others died because he had not lived as others lived. Well, we thank God that it is still possible to walk with God. We don't know that we will be not, for God has taken us, but we do know that we can walk with God. We can walk, if Enoch could walk with God 300 years, don't you think you can walk with God another year if Jesus tarries? Well, I'm thinking so. I'm knowing so. Let's make sure you've had a good start. Or let's make sure you've had a start. And if it's been a bumpy start, get it stabilized. And if you've started, let's make sure you continue. As you do, God will bless you. And you will walk this walk uh, with a life of integrity and with a walk of hope and with an overcoming sense of victory, because that's what we have. We're going to have a time of prayer. And here's your time to uh, drop to your knees and look heaven's way and uh, just check in with the Lord, give Him thanks. If you've had a good day for uh, a good day, and if you've not uh, had a week or a day so good, thank Him that God has been with you in it. And may God bless us as we look His way in this time of prayer.